On Monday, the Montreal Canadiens made an announcement at their golf tournament at Clive de Golf, Laval sur le Lac. What did they announce? They announced the new captain of the Montreal Canadiens, the 31st captain in franchise history. How did they come to that conclusion? How did they decide who was going to be the captain? We'll discuss all that with you and a lot more. Rebuild? What rebuild? Says a veteran player on the Montreal Canadiens. He says their goal is to take a step forward and be a very competitive team this year, try and make the playoffs. And once they get in, we'll see what happens. There's also a new logo on the Montreal Canadiens jersey that has a lot of people talking. And we found out earlier today that a former Montreal Canadian only got two votes when it went to a player's vote for the captaincy. This back in 2015. We'll discuss Habs and nothing but Habs on the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinaro. Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette and HockeyInsideOut.com is coming up. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Marinero, the sick podcast brought to you by 8.6 Beer Intense by Nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passion in order to make their mark. And Lacage, if the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Speaking of which, Lacage, the carry on Rue de Jockeys on Saturday, October 1st. We're going to make an announcement where you're going to find out that the sick podcast is going to get a whole lot sicker. The RSVP, call 514-731-2020. And uh, I believe Stu Cowan will actually join me that night. He joins me today. How are you doing, Stu? I'm doing well, Tony. How are you? Very good. You're going to be there on Saturday, October 1st? Yeah, I should be. I believe the Canadians are playing in Ottawa that night, and Pat Hickey is going to be covering that game, so I'll be off. So I'll be able to, I should be able to make it there. All right, okay. So I'll see you there, and uh, we'll have a beverage. All right, okay, so... At the golf tournament, we were thinking it was going to happen. And uh, by the way, I apologize if the uh, internet is not very uh, solid here. I'm actually on my personal hotspot out of a hotel in Spain. But if all goes well, I should be back to Montreal on Saturday night. And, uh, you know, the next podcast you're going to see are going to be with a much better internet signal. So uh, we thought it would happen that the Canadians would name a captain at the golf tournament. Stu, I know that you thought it was going to be Nick Suzuki. We had a conversation. Nick Suzuki hung around Montreal all summer. It all makes sense now because Nick Suzuki was named the captain, the 31st captain in the history of the Montreal Canadiens. And Marty St. Louis said that um, he spoke to Nick around the draft, told him that it's something that he had in mind, and um, told him to take some time to think about it. Nick thought about it all summer and actually got back to Marty just recently and said, I'm up for the challenge. So uh, before we get your thoughts, let's hear from Marty St. Louis about Nick Suzuki. C'est, uh, c'est comment il se comporte jour à jour. Uh, uh, il, 
Euh, je pense que c'est un gars qui, euh, qui est très euh, compose. Euh, je sais pas comment dire ça en français. Qui, euh, il, il, ouais, calme, tu sais, mais c'est pas comme il est calme puis euh, il est mou. Ça, c'est juste comme euh, il, il, il est capable de gérer ses, euh, ses, euh, ses émotions. Euh, puis c'est un gars qui a une, une bonne tête sur ses épaules. Puis euh, non, je suis euh, très confiant de, de nos choix. All right, Marty Saint Louis says Nick Suzuki is very composed. He's not calm to the point where he's actually silent. He's calm to the point where he's just composed. He handles uh, his emotions very, very well. He never gets too high. He never gets too low. And he says, uh, you know, he's very happy with this selection and believes that Nick Suzuki obviously will go on to be a very good captain. So I guess you're not surprised, huh? I'm not. I thought this would happen. I wrote a column about it. I think I talked with you about it also, as you mentioned. Uh, compose is a very good word to describe Nick Suzuki. Good game, bad game. Uh, dealing with the media and that, he's the same. He doesn't get too high. He never gets too low. Cole Caulfield spoke uh, at the golf tournament how that's a key to be a captain in this market is to not get too high, not get too low. And there's going to be a lot of lows this coming season for the Canadians, I think, as they go through a rebuilding phase. But there'll be some highs also. This is There's a lot of young talent on this team. And I think Suzuki is is the perfect guy to be the captain. And I think, you know, I've, always, I've written calls before that Brendan Gallagher, I thought, should be captain or could be captain of the Canadians. He would deserve to wear the C. And as a column I wrote in uh, in Tuesday's Gazette, um, I understand why they didn't give it to him because Brendan Gallagher's got five more years on his contract. His best years are probably behind him. Kent Hughes is going to try and trade him. I'm sure he's already trying to trade him if he can move him. And you don't want to name a guy captain and then move him six months later or a year later. And Joel Edmondson falls into that same category. He's at two years left in his contract. But Suzuki, it's easy to forget he's 23 years old and Jeff Gordon spoke about that that the golf tournament saying when you talk to him, you think he's 30. And it's yeah. true. And I remember the first time I interviewed Nick Suzuki at the rookie camp um, after he'd been acquired from Vegas. And he was almost a little bit like a deer in the headlights, sort of you know, nervous and really wondering if what he should say or shouldn't say. And it's been sort of cool to watch him mature on and off the ice since then to where he's so comfortable answering questions now. He's so comfortable dealing with the media. He's so comfortable dealing with crowds. I think last time I was on with you, Tony, we spoke about him being at that sports celebrity breakfast signing autographs and posing for pictures for kids and acting the way the old time Canadians used to act when they were in public time for everybody polite with everybody. Uh, Even though he's getting dragged in 10 different directions, he didn't complain. He didn't try and get out early. He stayed right till the end. Um, And it's interesting too, you know, you mentioned about him staying. He didn't leave from a back door either. No, uh, no, no. They spent the whole break and Cole Caulfield was with him. And, uh, There was a few fans, uh, different ages, some adults too, a little over exuberant maybe and getting maybe a too much in his personal space, but he never complained. He dealt with everybody. He was sitting at the table right beside us and he dealt with everybody really nice. He was, he, he's a gentleman. Uh, I, I can't imagine him doing anything to embarrass the Canadian's logo. Uh, I can only imagine how proud his parents must be of him. I have a son who's two years younger than him. Um, he's just, he he's handles himself with class. And I think that's a big part about being captain of the Canadians. You mentioned about him spending the summer here. I asked him, like, you know, did the Canadians tell you to stay here this summer? And he said, no, nobody told him that. He and his girlfriend decided that they were going to spend the summer in Montreal to get used to the city. I'm sure part of it had to do with the con- discussion with Marty St. Louis, asking him to be captain. Maybe he suggests to him, might be a good idea if you want to sp- you know, stick around Montreal in the summer. But he said nobody told him he had to. Uh, and everything Marty St. Louis said in that Still, he's smart enough that when they asked him, you know, would you consider it? He probably even told his girlfriend, you know what? I think it's probably a good idea for us to stick around this summer in Montreal mm-hmm. and see, you know what, if, uh, you know, how it goes and stuff like that. And we'll go from there. And, you know, 
one of the things when you wear the C, it obviously comes with additional pressure. And um, I'm happy that Gallagher didn't get it in the sense that he's already was putting a lot of pressure on himself last year to produce. Um, in a way, I would have liked for it to be Edmondson in transition for a couple of years. So Suzuki doesn't have that pressure in a couple of years. But the one thing about Suzuki is his career has shown us that when there's more pressure, mm-hmm. when the stakes are higher, he rises to the occasion. Brendan Gallagher spoke about that yesterday. You go back to the playoff runs, the last in the back in the bubble and to the Stanley Cup final. He played really, really well. The big he's he's one of those guys who who flourishes under the pressure. And there's so much pressure in this market, whether you're a captain or not, there'll be more pressure on him now as captain. But I can't think of two better veterans to help him out than Brendan Gallagher and Joel Edmondson. Brendan Gallagher is a fantastic teammate. I have a, I, I like Brendan yeah. Gallagher as a player, as a person. I you know he was asked if he was disappointed in not getting the captaincy, and he said no, that wasn't one of his. I'm sure there's a little bit of disappointment. I'm sure he he had spoken previously. He'd like to be captain. I'm sure there was a little bit of disappointment, but Suzuki and him are really close. They're good friends, and I'm sure he's gonna do everything he can. And and, and the other thing with Kent Hughes and and Gorton and Marty Saint Louis is they're honest with people. And they spoke with Gallagher before, and I'm sure they explained to him that, you know, we're going to make, you know, if Suzuki had come back this summer and said, I don't want to be captain, or I don't think I'm ready, I think Gallagher would have been the captain. But these guys deal with people straightforwardly and honestly, and I'm sure they spoke with Gallagher, explained to him. And, you know, Gallagher has spoken before, too, and asked about if he wanted to be part of this rebuild. And he said, you know, I only know what I play to win. That's the only reason why I play. And he didn't say he wanted to be traded, but he certainly didn't sound like a guy who would, be adverse to getting moved to a team that has a better chance of winning the Stanley Cup than the Canadians do at this point. So all those things factor into it. And there's like you said, Stu, they're going to accommodate him at one point. It's not going to be an easy contract to move, but out of a favor to him, so that they give him a chance to win a cup the way they gave all the other players they traded this past year a chance to Mm -hmm. win a cup, and one of them was lucky enough to win it, and that was Lekkanen. They will accommodate Gallagher when they find a taker for that contract at one point. First of all, he's got to prove he's healthy. And he said at the golf tournament that he's 100% healthy. He's had all a long summer. You know, he's had so many injuries over the last little while. Um, when Brendan Gallagher's not producing, it's never from a lack of effort. Uh, Marty St. Louis said that, you know, he respects Gallagher as a player and he respects him even more now that he's his coach. Uh, so the best case scenario for the Canadians and Brendan Gallagher is that if he can come back, he can be healthy this season, produce, play really, really well. And then the Canadians could move him somewhere else where he would have a better chance of winning a Stanley Cup and free up some salary cap space. But Brendan Gallagher's earned every single dollar he's ever played for the Canadians. He was underpaid when he was a 30-goal scorer. He never complained about it. I remember asking him one time, you know, do you feel like you should have maybe held out or asked for more? And he's like, no, he's like, I got more money in that contract than I ever dreamed I'd ever have in my life. I got security with it. I got more money than I ever dreamed of. And he was happy with it. Uh, no, no, never complained about it. And then he got a bigger contract and injuries came in. Age caught up with him a little bit. Uh, is it a bad contract? Yeah. Did Brendan Gallagher deserve a contract like that? I think so. Uh, and, and I'm not ready to give up on Brendan Gallagher yet. If he's healthy and with these new forwards coming in, whatever his line mates are going to be, if he's healthy, I don't know if he can score 30 goals again. You know, he's not going to be a power play guy or that. But I can see him scoring 20. And I'm not, I'm not ready to give up on Brendan Gallagher right now. And he's not ready to give up on himself. I asked yeah. him, hey, do you have anything to prove? And he says, I never try and prove the people who don't believe in me that they're wrong. I try and prove the people who do believe in me that they're right. Yeah, I love that quote, by the way. I think it's awesome. Look, uh, I'm not throwing in the towel on Brendan Gallagher either. Uh, <clears throat> I think everyone knows the situation at this point. 
He's not on the front nine of his career. He's on the back nine of his career. The way he plays at 150 miles an hour, not being a big guy. Once you start having injuries, they take their toll. His production is going to go down. He's paid for past performances and not for what he's going to be able to do going forward because, once again, um, he's on the back nine of his career. Uh, Shop all your sports-licensed lifestyle apparel, including hoodies, caps, T-shirts of your favorite teams from all major leagues, as well as our sick merchandise, which I'm not wearing right now, but I have in my closet back home in Montreal. Uh, Visit uh, sportbuffshop.com. Use code SICK10 for 10% off on all their items. Speaking of Brendan Gallagher and Nick Suzuki, Montreal Canadiens general manager Kent Hughes talked about them. Let's hear one audio clip, and then I'll go in depth on, on what Kent Hughes had to say. Brendan est tellement un joueur d'équipe, puis il a dit, c'est, je pense que sa réponse était, c'est, c'est l'équipe de Nick maintenant, euh, ça change un lien pour moi, je, je, je continue à demeurer un leader, puis maintenant euh, de l'équipe. All right, uh, Kent Hughes was asked if he had a chance to speak with Brendan Gallagher before naming Nick Suzuki captain, he said he did. He said he spoke with several leaders in that locker room to get an idea of what they thought, the pulse He said he did speak with Gallagher. Gallagher told them there's no problem. This is Nick's team right now. He's the leader, but I'll definitely be more than happy to help him lead. And one of the other things he said, which was not in that audio clip, by the way, was that at one point last year, Kent Hughes had a discussion with Shea Weber, who told him that he thought that Nick Suzuki could be a good captain. So there you have it. You know, I, I really liked that Kent Hughes made it public um, in saying that he spoke with Brendan Gallagher before. Not that I ever had any doubts, but no. you and I have been talking about the fact that Kent Hughes is, he's a people person mm-hmm. and he treats people right. He's the exact and, opposite of Mark Bergeron when it comes to that regard. Mark Bergeron's weakest skill was his people skills, in my opinion. And Kent Hughes's people skills are fantastic, and he's open, he's open and honest with people. I mean, he's dealt with so many players as a player agent over the years, and he's just open and honest. If you give, you know, it's whatever business you're in, if you're a leader or a manager or whatever, people just want you to be honest with them, right? And they want you to be straightforward with them. You just said it though, right? He, his job was to talk with players. So yeah. he became and talk with agents and, get, right? and work out and negotiate deals and talk with yeah exactly and, yeah yeah so he he became an expert at communication there's no doubt about it all right there was a logo on the Montreal Canadiens jersey a logo of uh, the Royal Bank um, it has some people um, a little bit upset nothing to do with the Royal Bank but a little bit upset that there's a logo on the Montreal Canadiens jersey we know the the, the, the history and the tradition that comes with it. Stu, I could be in the minority here. It's 2022. It's business. It's, a, it's an added revenue stream. I have no problem at all. I have no problem with the tone. I mean, do I, do I like it? No. Do I understand the reality of it? Yes. Do I understand why they would do it? Am I upset by it? No. I mean, you're a big soccer guy, Tony. I mean, you look at the biggest soccer teams in the world. The biggest logo on their sweater is whatever company paid to be there. Um, it's, you know, remember people got upset when the ads went on the helmets remember a couple of years ago. And then you said after a while, you, you, know, you don't even know it. You, you notice it, but it's not a big thing. I think it'd be the same thing with the sweaters. I mean, the CH is still the big crest on the front. Uh, it's 
for NHL teams are going to generate between five and $10 million a year with those logos on the team sweaters. You have to think the Canadians are at the very top of that. You know, if you're a company and you want to advertise on a shirt, the Canadians must be at the top of your list. I would think in Canada anyway. So if they're getting $10 million a year to put that logo there, that pays Nick Suzuki salary plus a couple of million yeah. left over. Uh, as a businessman, uh, Jeff Molson would be crazy to say no. And times change. I remember, Tony, I'm old enough to remember when there was no ads on the boards. And then they put ads on. The first time we ever saw ads on the boards was the 72 Summit Series in Russia. And then when they came into the NHL and people were freaking out. Now, if you go watch an old hockey game on TV or on YouTube, it looks so weird. It looks blank and empty when you see no ads on the boards. And then the ads went on the ice and the ads went on the helmets. I hope it doesn't get to the point it is with soccer. Uh, I don't see that happening in the near future anyway. Who knows what happens in the long term or like European uh, hockey teams or build uh, skating billboards. I don't think that will happen in the NHL, but especially for a league and, and they went two years of COVID with no people or very little people in the stands. Um, they're looking for new sources of revenue and this is just a new source of revenue. It's part of business. And to me, it's, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. All right. Okay. Uh, now, uh, Joel Edmondson had something really interesting to say, because I think uh, everyone looks at this team and says, all right, this is a rebuild. We just don't know how long it's going to take. But I think as far as this season is concerned, I think us members of the media all believe it's going to be a rebuild. Edmondson doesn't believe that, or at least that's not what he said. Let's hear from him. Um, like the other two guys said, I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. Um, uh, we had a lot of guys here right now couple weeks early before camp and we just got that excitement in our dressing room so we're excited to kick things off uh, obviously we want to use last year as a, a stepping stone to uh, use that with a little chip on our shoulder that you know we want to make playoffs and you know once you make playoffs you never know what's going to happen so rebuilding process would be uh, something that you uh... rebuilding that was last year i think uh, we're ready to take the next step next step all right, Stu, I don't expect uh, Joel Edmondson to say anything differently. I mean, I, he's not going to say, you know, we expect to be one of the five worst teams in the National Hockey League this year. But he said the rebuild was last year, not this year. Uh, can it be Well, the rebuild is not this year? Can it be? Jake Allen was a little bit more realistic, I guess, when he was saying there's going to be growing pains this year. I mean, they got a young defense uh, in Goldton, Jake Allen and Montembeau. I mean, they were shaky. They had injury issues. They were shaky last year. You know, Jake Allen said it's going to be growing step by step by step, year by year by year, and they'll take another step this year. And I believe they will take another step. This isn't a fresh start of a rebuild. This rebuild started last year when they hired Marty St. Louis and they started trading guys away and they started working yeah. towards the season. So it's not a rebuild from scratch. They're They're at a I don't want to second level, like the 1B level maybe or whatever of this rebuild. It started last season with Marty. Now he's going to have a full season, uh, full training camp, sorry, to put in his, uh, I'm not going to say systems because he doesn't like systems, say concepts, and get this team going. Could they surprise people? What's your definition of surprise? Playoffs would be a huge surprise to me. I don't see this as a playoff yeah. team. But could they surprise no. some people and finish you know, seventh overall, eighth overall instead of last overall, which won't help them in the Connor Bedard sweep takes. But you also don't want to – you don't want to have a losing atmosphere or losing uh, thing get in the locker room like we've seen with Buffalo and we've seen with Edmonton and we've seen with other teams that have tried to go through a rebuild and maybe sort of tanking for that number one pick. And guys get used to losing and they start accepting losing. You don't want that to happen with the Canadians. I don't think Marty St. Louis will allow that to happen. They're going to compete every night. I think they're going to be fun to watch, as I've written. I think they're going to lose a lot of 6-4 and 5-3 type of games because they're really young on defense. And as I mentioned, but – 
they're young on defense, but they're young and very talented on defense. They're young defensemen, Caden Goulet and, and yeah. Jordan Harris and, and Barron. They're not they're talented young defensemen. So they might surprise people and develop quicker than expected. And it's possible because they're going to play. Marty St. Louis is going to allow them to play without fear. When Jordan Harris got called up last season, he talked about St. Louis pulling him aside. So you're going to make three or four mistakes every game that you want to get back. Don't worry about it. It's part of being a defenseman in the NHL and learning. You got to forget about him and move on. And the Canadians, I think one of the biggest problems with Canadians' development of prospects over the years was having them play scared all the time. That if they make a mistake, you're going down yeah. the level or you're going to sit in the press box or you're going to get no ice time. So they're going to let, they're, they're going to grow, they're going to live with the mistakes these young defensemen make, I think. You know, Joel Edmondson's there, Mike Gap Matheson's there, Savard's there to sort of help them out. But their young guys, their young defense are going to be given every opportunity to succeed. And more importantly, they're going to be given opportunity to fail and learn from their mistakes and not be worried if I make a mistake, I'm going to be benched or I'm going to sit out or I'm going to. And I think that's how the team is going to grow. So when Edmondson says they might surprise some people, they might surprise some people because some of these young guys like Jordan Harris might, with that weight of not having to worry about making a mistake on their shoulders, they might develop quicker than expected or quicker than defensemen. That's what I was going to get at, Stu. When you play with fear of making a mistake, it hurts your confidence. That hinders your development. Mm -hmm. When you play safe hockey, not to make a mistake and Mm -hmm. you're not trying stuff, Mm -hmm. that too hinders your development. So they are a team in development. I don't think they're going to finish last like they did a year ago, but I do believe that one year ago they did something that they're going to repeat this year. And that is going to be trade four or five players in the weeks leading up until trade deadline. And then by that point, organically, they won't ice a very good team. So they're going to lose a little bit more often. All right. Well, now, goes back a bit ending, to what goes, goes I don't know if you caught this. I don't know if you caught this, Stu. But on TVS Sports, actually, it happened on BPM Sports, 91.9 FM radio in Montreal on Jean-Charles Lajoie show, on which I'm a collaborator weekdays at around five minutes past eight o'clock in the morning. We talked for about 10 or 15 minutes. Jean-Charles Lajoie told me earlier this morning that um, when they went to the captain's vote back in 2015, Max Pacioretty, P.K. Subban, Plakanitz, and Markov, that the only two players that got votes were Pacioretty and Subban. And the votes supposedly were 19-2 to in favor of Max Pacioretty. Michel Terrier later in the day confirmed that exact information on TV Aspar saying that P.K. Subban only received two votes. Now, it's a thing of the past, and it's back in 2015, but are you surprised that he only received two votes? Because I am. I'm surprised. No, because it's a it's a popular... Well, I'm glad the Canes didn't have a vote this time because when the players vote for a captain, it becomes a popularity contest. It's not necessarily yeah. the best guy is to be captain. It's who, who has the most friends in the locker room. Um, am I surprised? No, P.K., I know a former Canadian... Once told, I'm not gonna, once told me that he didn't have a problem with PK. He just wished that every once in a while he would come in like on a day and just be quiet for one day. But when he came in, that's not PK's personality, right? When PK comes in the room, he's a big, loud, and he's been that way. His dad told me he's been that way since he was a kid. He couldn't sit still in class. He couldn't. He's, yeah. he's just go, go, go all the time. And I think my wife hopes for the same from me. 
<laughs> I don't think I don't me. think players necessarily really dislike PK. I think he just wore on them like it was just it was constant. You know the PK show, the PK. But that's just that's the way I personally I like PK. I got along with PK great. He was might have is one of the smartest, if not the smartest guy in the locker room. Very intelligent guy to speak with. Very uh, interested outside of hockey. Very I always enjoyed my time speaking with PK. Look uh, at the brand about, he built for himself and the money he made outside of hockey. No dummy. We talked about Nick Suzuki earlier playing better when the pressure's on. PK Subban played his best game when the biggest pressure was on during his time in Montreal. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he elevated he, for sure. The year they beat the Bruins, I can't remember what year it was. He was the biggest reason. Remember, he was getting racist uh, comments at him, thrown at him, and he, he played fantastic. So I really, I, I like PK, but I can understand if I was around him 24 hours a day or. No, these guys are together a lot when they're on the same team, on planes, on buses, on this. I can understand how his personality, his big personality would wear on you a bit. I mean, I think we all have friends who have big personalities and we're good friends with them and we like them, but you wouldn't want to be around them all the time, right? It's like, so I think it was just a case where a lot of the team was like, everyone's always like, PK, just shut up today, you know? Just come in and be quiet, do your thing and leave. But that's not in PK's character. And that's just the way he is. And different people act different ways. And, and as I said, I like PK, but I'm not surprised he only got two votes because I just think he, that it's the PK show for some of his teammates. I shouldn't even use PK show because it's not a show. It's just PK being PK. It's just the way he acts. I think it just rubs some guys the wrong way. All right, Stu, look, uh, you know, for the reasons that you said, I can understand if PK irks some of his teammates the wrong way. I heard a lot of the things that you heard back in the day when he was here as well. But you know what? I look back now and I do think and some guys, you know, guys won't admit it, but I think some people were a little bit envious of the brand that he was able to create and the money that he was able to make because of his brand. Mm-hmm. Because um, when, and when, how loved when he was, athletes, he was adored in this city. I mean, even today you go to a game at yeah. the belt center, there's still a lot of PK Subban jerseys in the, in the seats. A hundred percent. There are. Yes. Stu, this has been a lot of fun. And once again, if the signal wasn't very strong, I'm in Spain. I apologize for that. Tell your friends about it. The Sick Podcast, the signal will get a hell of a lot stronger when I get back to Canada, which hopefully will be in the next couple of days or so. Uh, Until then, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. We'll continue to talk Habs. And on October 1st, we're going to make an announcement that the sick podcast, once again, is going to get a hell of a lot sicker at La Casual Sport, the carry RSVP 514-731-2020. Stu, have a good one. Thanks for doing this. You too, Tony. Safe travels home. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakage. The menu will surprise you.